called AST Space Mobile. And so right now, right, it reads right here. They're the only global cellular broadband network in space to operate directly with standard mobile devices. And so this is probably before the whole Starlink or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, but so yeah, they, they've I'm been making say, some investments. There's, no there's, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way AT&T sitting on their hands not doing not that. You're right. I, just, right. I wouldn't believe that. Let's, if, if that was the case today, the whole executive team should be let go. Everybody should be let go. I'm seeing Google, this whole safer with Google campaign, right? I'm seeing it a lot and they keep talking about protecting critical infrastructure, should it's schools, hospitals, et cetera. Some of the critical stuff that we all rely on we, and, and we don't really, we take for granted sometimes, you know what I'm saying? We don't actively go to your, you don't actually go to your local emergency room unless you have an emergency, you know what I'm saying? Actively thinking about public schools, safety, and less. And so Google has been saying a lot about critical infrastructure, et cetera. And I've been thinking about what is the, by the nature of my job, I've been thinking about what are they, what are they getting, what are they getting ahead of? And they're also trying to educate too. So they're offering these cybersecurity certificates because they're saying we have, we don't have nearly enough cybersecurity professionals. I would agree, but of course I would agree. I, I run a security company, but what do you guys think about that? Considering maybe all the stuff we're going on, because I think, so to the audience, before, before we started the podcast, we were just talking about some of the implications of recent events around Israel and Palestine and ultimately just the global scale. And I posed a question about just, are we, is our infrastructure strong? You know what I'm saying? Is our infrastructure correct? Because I think we had the optimism that we will unite because we need to. But then I start to think, and I see these, I start to see signs of insecurity. And then, for example, like even in our group chats, I think me and Dre were in a group chat, and one of our friends almost fell for a, a phishing attempt that's through iMessage now. You know what I'm saying? So there's new avenues, these all these new avenues. And I'm just wondering, I'm just hoping, like, like what do you guys think about this critical? What do you guys just think about that in general? I said a lot, but what do y'all, what do y'all think about that? Because that's the factor. Like, if we had any enemies, um. It, it, it would seem that strategically taking down certain crit, uh, critical infrastructure, which I can tell you for the most part, I'm pretty concerned about already. Yeah. What I know? Yeah. This, so this actually happens quite a bit. I was watching this. I wish I knew that we were going in this direction because I would have dug it up so I can get a little bit of re a refresher on it. But I was watching a 60 Minutes episode a while back and they were doing a story about U.S. infrastructure in particular, and they were talking about like power stations and like water utility stations and how some power stations, I forget exactly where it was at, that came under attack by gunfire. And essentially like somebody, I don't know who it was. It could have been a foreign adversary. It could have been somebody, American, anybody was essentially with just an AR-15 style rifle were able to just do a couple of shots and essentially knock out power and knock out a transformer to uh, hundreds of thousands of homes, just like that. And there are literally these power, and, and the reason for this report is because there are, I can't remember the exact amount, but I'm just going to say, let's say 50,000 of these power stations all across the country, all across the U.S. 
that are essentially under the same level of vulnerability, are at the same level of vulnerability where, hey, nobody's really guarding them. There's no real proper security there, right? Somebody can just start shooting, throw a bomb, whatever the case may be. There's not real redundancy that's in place to help protect major power outages. So if you hit one of the massive grids, massive, one of the massive energy grid components, you can essentially knock out power to maybe a whole state or half a state. And so the implications of a coordinated attack across hundreds or thousands of those grids can have massive implications. And to answer your question, I don't think the U.S. infrastructure is secure to handle like the type of physical attacks that do happen all the time. We just don't hear about them. But to the broader point of what you were saying, I think from a, from a cyber standpoint, I don't think we're, we're ready for that either. I think we're far behind. I think part of that is due to just like the innovator's dilemma, right? The big, the, the slowdown of just being a, the big country feel. There's so much shit that the U.S. has to be worried about and concerned about. And I think traditionally the U.S. has always focused on like military investment, weapons, physical shit outside the U.S. and hasn't really spent a lot of time focused on internal security within the U.S. So protecting these assets that I mentioned, as well as putting in the proper cyber, the right cyber security protocols in place. I don't think we, we have a good grip on that. I, I really don't. Yeah, I could see that. Would you, would, yeah, what do you think, Brian? Yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think y'all bring up a few different points. And I think most people who are probably listening, I would have never thought that a war can be dictated through, through controlling these different pieces of assets of, of infrastructure. And I think this is very important because while you were talking about Google, I wanted to go look this up. And so it seems like, yeah, they were, this was seven, seven days ago, they reported this, but they received a DDoS attack. So for people that don't know, that stands for distributed denial of service in which a bad actor, they temporarily try to knock the site down or disrupt the services or whatever. Rodney probably can give us a better explanation given his expertise. But I thought this was very interesting where they said this specific attack was seven and a half times larger than the previous one they had received. And it was 400 million requests per second. And so they, they, this is what I found interesting. So for a sense of scale, in two minutes, this attack generated more requests than the total number of article views that were reported by Wikipedia. And Wikipedia gets a lot of traffic. Hmm. And so I think like where my head even goes on that, it is like, what is driving that? Because obviously if Google is reporting this, Amazon is getting the same thing. Amazon is very important too in terms of just logistics here. I'm sure FedEx and UPS are, are, are receiving similar things, but that's just software businesses. So when y'all threw in the context of like traditional infrastructure, like power and energy, like things start to get very interesting. And I think like for a little bit of context, I do, I do think it's important for us to highlight how like war has evolved as technology has evolved. And I think one of the major things here is what's a pro for the U S when it comes to war is that like we're surrounded by water on, on, on almost like all sides, right? Compared to everyone else, they're interconnected in some way, right? So that given our Navy, that provides some type of hopefully benefit to, 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 to protect us from like a war on ground. Now, I think just how technology has, an evol has evolved, and I even think about what's going on between Israel and Hamas, 
Think about there was the report of bioweapons like being used, right? So now we don't only got war being fought against our infrastructure. We don't only have these cyber wars. Now you have these bio wars and think about like most of that is being delivered via autonomous weapons. And so I feel like there's this new war that is emerging and I think it's about to, it's already at our doorstep. It, it just probably hasn't knocked yet where we're going to see war fall a lot uh, differently. It's knocking. It's just the door is about, it's, the door is about to, it, it's knocking. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the door don't break down. The hinges stay on, but I hope the hinges don't come off. But uh, And I think this is, yeah, yeah. I, th I think this is a very important topic that like everybody, especially with us getting ready to go into a presidential election. Oh like, my goodness. It's a big deal. This matters. Yes, it, it is a big deal. And I'm not going to lie to you. So, yeah, one, I just want to say that you, you described that attack on Google um, very pretty much 100% accurate. It just means that they're spamming. Just imagine you build up a wall and somebody's throwing a million arrows at it to try to break it down. And, and yeah, that would make sense why you're seeing an increase of while I'm watching YouTube or I'm on a Google product, I'm seeing cybersecurity certificates and all these stats about not enough cybersecurity jobs, et cetera. And to read between the lines, they're basically saying, hey, look, do this and you'll probably have a job with us. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll find a way to get you a job. And that is not going to be, that's going to be something that's going to happen with other companies too, because uh, make, you make a good point. There's other things. Now, Dre, actually, that, that story that you mentioned. Rodney, before you go to Dre's story, because sure. I, I think. I want to ask you a question real quick on cybersecurity because sure. I'm sure I don't know. Other people may not know, mm -hmm. but I know across our community, cybersecurity, at least when we think about black folks in tech, mm -hmm. like cybersecurity has been one of those spaces that people goes in. Does mm -hmm. that require like a traditional like software engineering background or yeah, how does one even get into that? The thing about cybersecurity is that it's very broad. It's very broad because cybersecurity from the way that I, from the way that I view, I don't actually know the exact definition of it, despite being a public uh, uh, cybersecurity CEO, I don't know the exact def definition of it, but for me, any easily exploitable vulnerability on the internet. And so that's a wide range. It's very broad, but essentially you gotta, I, I think if you're asking like how to, if you're asking like how do people get into it, I think one of the, Best, I think one of the best things to do, and this is something I did as a kid, actually, I, I've never, I don't know if I ever shared this. There used to be this site. I don't know if it still exists. I think it's called Hack This Site. I think it's called Hack This Site. And, and it's a site where there was, this was in maybe 2008, 2009. And it's a site where the whole goal is it gives you challenges to figure out how to hack a certain problem or whatever, right? And, and it was educational at the same time. What that did was it showed me that it, a different lens, like how if you went through just if you got a security, like a uh, like a um, regular security, they have certificates and whatnot, like physical security, license for a gun and whatnot. You they get taught to identify threats. So essentially, I think the best thing to do is to be able to. I think if you want a job in cybersecurity, there's multiple ways. You don't have to know how to code. That's one thing I do want to say. You don't have to know how to code. There's other avenues. For example, IT admins, uh, network administrators, et cetera. They often work with broader uh, software tools that can help with um, increasing security of companies. So those are also roles. But if you want to, um, but if you're looking to make a, a 
infrastructure change, um, you definitely want to uh, look down the route of just traditional coding. And then also, yeah, trying to just think about things from reverse engineering, break your own apps, break your own apps, try different things. When I was a kid, the only reason I had a bank account was because I knew a small little hack. And the hack was that if I said I was from a different country, they couldn't check my ID. They couldn't check my ID because PayPal was a new startup. Just that simple. And you know what I'm saying? And so those are like, but here's the thing that with that being said, that means the threat of hacks is, is very wide because mind you, that was me in 2009, 2008, figuring out like a, a little vulnerability. And, and when we think about these infrastructures, one of the things that is happening in our industry is that we move so fast that safety is really like the afterthought. And I, we, and I understand why that is. I think we all understand why that is because we're, it's driven by growth. Hold on, when you, by, when, you, when you say industry, you're just talking about like tech companies in general. Tech industry primarily, but it, it can apply to other stuff. But if I'm just talking about the tech industry, it's the idea of build fast, break things, et cetera. And when you do that, you are in, essentially putting something out there that may be vulnerable, you know what I'm saying? Because you're moving fast. And it depends on, depending on the scale, it would depend on the impact. Now, when you become big, and you become an infrastructure uh, level, a DDoS attack on, for example, like on AWS affects a ton of the internet. If, if, they, if that successfully got completed, a ton of the internet is shut down until they can resolve it. But I did hear about that story that you, you said, Dre, about, I don't remember the exact details either, but I do remember how it wasn't that hard for somebody to take down a lot of the electricity in, in a whole area. And it, it is a scary thought. When, What's happened is we've been forced to think about war. You know what I'm saying it, it, it's not it's not like we woke up one day like oh let's just think about war. Like we've been forced to be confronted with these discussions, and I think it is a scary thought to think about the a methodical set of actors. It doesn't require a lot of them. You know what I'm saying? Literally, let's say a thousand people could do this. A thousand people could could really affect things from a a real infrastructure standpoint if it was distributed and coordinated and, and that could be scary and, and and so that that poses some questions but we're not the ones that are in charge of that side so i don't know we may hopefully we don't have anything happen first but i did hear that story Dre, that that story did concern me but i hear a lot of safety is something that we're going to definitely going to uh get into more as we saw last year defense stocks were up if they were up, they were performing the best last year. And unfortunately, this year is probably going to be not too much different. We need to. So I, I, I want to talk about them a little bit because I want to give Dre his flowers because <laughs> this was literally probably late last year. Dre put us on and and I, I can't remember exactly what triggered you to even mention them. But I remember even going down a rabbit hole and starting to look them up and they were like, I was like, damn, this is very intriguing. But Dre, you want to give us a little bit of background about them? Yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, Palmer Lucky is a well-known startup founder and figure in Silicon Valley. He was the founder and creator of Oculus. I think he sold Oculus to Facebook. Yeah. Not Meta, but at the time it was Facebook. I think he sold it for like a billion dollars or so to Facebook before they even had like a, a real commercial product. So he was like known or whatever. He went, worked at Facebook for a little bit. He ended up getting fired from Facebook, getting a bunch of media slack because he donated to a Republican party. 
And so people thought he was supporting Trump. And you know how the monolithic brain takes over in California, where if you don't think the yeah. same way, you get pushed out. So they essentially pushed him out. And so he basically took some time off. And then with some other folks came together and decided and was trying to figure out how can they leverage their knowledge and expertise around vision in computing? Because they had spent a lot of time focused on vision and computing with the Oculus, right? Trying to bring virtual environments together. And so that was a lot of the expertise they had. Like they built a lot of their hardware custom down to the, down to the bearish metal. And so they had a lot of expertise there. And so they started looking at many different industries and they came across the defense industry. And one of the things that intrigued them the most about the defense industry is the business model behind it. So today, like typically the way it works is the government will put out some contract for something and basically the manufacturer who wins that contract gets to build the government the cost of building that project plus like some margin on top of it. But essentially the government doesn't know how much you're going to pay for that project until it's done, right? They may say a billion dollars and then it may come up with maybe $3 billion, maybe $5 billion. Who knows, right? This is why you often hear the government wasting money on all these massive uh, military projects because they just cost so much fucking money because of the way that the projects are constructed from the beginning. If you start a project with an unclear set of requirements, but yet you're trying to define a budget, you're automatically going to miss the mark because you don't even know what the fuck you're building. I just want to let the government know real quick, I would love one of those contracts. I would love one, I just, just one of those contracts. And I'm not saying I'm all for the feds and whatnot. I don't want, my, I don't want the IRS in my business or anything, but, but yeah, that, that's interesting. So they're willing to spend yeah. anything on, on, on these things. Anything, anything. So crazy amounts of money. As Palmer Lucky and his team, what they did is they looked at that and said, okay, what are the implications to that type of business model? It's going to be exactly what I just said, which is, you're not going to get clear about the requirements because you don't need to get clear about the requirements up front. You're not going to get clear about budgeting because you don't need to get clear about budgeting. You're probably going to build a bunch of stuff that's not useful because it doesn't really matter to you as Lockheed Martin anyway because you're going to get paid for it anyway. So it doesn't even matter if it's useful or commercially good because we're going to get paid for it, right? There are all these downstream effects that, that start to happen. And so what Palmer Lucky and his team did was look at that and say, okay, we can combine our expertise of vision and what we understand and go after a very simple problem. So one of the first problems that you tried to go after was building essentially a virtual border wall here in Texas. And the way that it worked is basically you have these drones that have cameras on them that are able to see incredibly far. They can basically survey a specific area of land. And when they're able to detect something in that particular area, they're able to send that information along with coordinates, video feed, a bunch of shit to like the actual border patrol which can then respond and go after that. So it was essentially like a digital border wall with surveillance and a bunch of other stuff. Now, where they did it differently was how they actually did the business model. So instead of going to the government and saying, hey, government, start up this program to build this virtual border wall, they put their own money into developing a product, working directly with the border protection agents, understanding the requirements that they needed, and actually went through the typical software product process that all of us are pretty much familiar with how we build software, right? You gather the requirements, talk to users, collect that feedback, get really close to the problem. That's basically the approach they did. And they've been seeing a lot more success from that approach. And so it's a difference in business model, it's a difference in risk, but it's been incredibly successful for them. And so they're a military defense company. Again, they started off focusing on building this virtual wall using drones and vision technology. They have since expanded beyond that. They have their own data platform. 
the, the, it's really like we could do a whole episode on Android, to be honest, because the way they've constructed the product and platform is quite interesting. I would actually say that it has like an Apple-esque approach to it where they have all these different hardware products they make that all are integrated together, all leverage the same software platform, all leverage the same uh, coding language, the same chip technology, all of that. And so what that does is it allows a much more integrated system. It allows for things to work much better to get over-the-air updates. There's just much, much better benefits to it. And I think right now they're valued at a $10 billion, $10 billion company. I don't know. I forget what the valuation is, but it's pretty high now. They're doing hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue. And obviously what, where we are in the world with, with the war, I, I can't imagine their business not exploding and getting even in, in, and actually growing even more, especially because Israel is an ally of the U.S. And so that means that Android will have the ability to sell the technology to Israel. They'll have the ability to sell the technology to other European countries, which they already are doing today. So they're not just selling to the U.S. government. They're going to be able to sell to all U.S. allies. And so, yeah, shout out to Palmer Lucky and his team for going into an archaic field where you, it was dominated by just a few defense companies. You only have four or five major U.S. defense companies that make 95% of all the technology that goes to war, right? And so Palmer Lucky is, Palmer Lucky is coming into this space with a new product a new business model and really disrupting it. And yeah, I think him and the team deserve all the flowers and kudos for what they've been able to achieve so far. Yeah, yeah. Now that, that, so that's part of the reason why I've been going deeper into deep tech, like in hard tech. Like it's those type of like problems that folks are solving where I feel like the world is requiring a tremendous amount of courage and foresight when it comes to identifying the, these things that the masses don't see. I would even say, even with what you're building, Rodney, like most people aren't even freaking aware of that. You know what I mean? And so you're like, you're ahead of your time. I think one of the things that I would add about Android, because I think there's potentially two things that could get in their way. The first one is there was this interesting case against uh, a defense contractor called uh, Trans Dig Dignum. And basically the government, came, decided in, 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 in that case um, to define what an acceptable, reasonable profit was. And they put that at 15%. The reason why this yeah. is important is because Anderil has said like their goal is to get to 50, 50% profitability. And so some are speculating that similar to what happened in this case where the company had to refund money for those excessive profits, will Anderil have to do something similar? And then the can, other can thing I just, that- Can I just touch yeah, on why that won't actually affect them? The reason why I don't think that matters is because of how they how their business model works, right? They literally are taking cash off their balance sheet to produce a product, and then they're going and selling that product to the government. So you're and saying so, they're using their own money? Yeah, they're using their own money. It's a totally yeah, yeah. different way to fund the projects. In the case of how the government works today, yeah, they can dictate, hey, that 15% thing because they're literally funding the whole project. They're giving you all the money up front and say, hey, cover the cost to produce this. Plus, we're going to give you a capped margin to make sure you make enough money. That's yeah. not the way Android is doing it. They're literally spending their own money and taking them a product. It's like Apple selling iPhones to the government and the government saying, hey, Apple, you can't make 70% margins on these iPhones. You need to like find a way to make it more expensive or take away some of your margin. Like They just wouldn't say that. And so that's what gives Android a competitive advantage over the, competi over the competitors because they can literally create a better margin for themselves based on how their business is set up. 
completely different than the other defense companies. So and, that, and, I just want to draw and, that distinction. Yeah. And, and, no, by the way, and, and by the way, the government is like decades late on that 15% profit. Um, cap. Like they yeah. should have been like, like they should have, that's a good find, Brian. I wish they had put that in sooner because that's just so everybody knows that's all of our tax dollars that, that goes tax. to. And if we are going to spend money on defense, we want to see real useful tools. We want to see, you, we want to see results. And it is, it's on one hand, I'm, I definitely am happy for Palmer, Palmer Lucky. Definitely learn more about him just through a recent YouTube video that I watched. But yeah. Hold no. on. What was the other thing you were about to say, Brian? You, you had one more thing. Hold on. I don't want to skip over that. What were you about to say? Yeah, yeah. The last thing that I was going to say, this was just tied to defense tech in general. I know we were talking about, like, obviously paying attention to the public markets with the ongoing conflict, but there was this really interesting company that recently raised their series, say they raised 55 million from like Lightspeed and Andreessen. So it's called Saronic. And so what I find interesting about this is like the founders behind the company. Once again, similar to, I feel like you had a non-traditional founder in Palmer Lucky coming and starting a company like Anderil. Here you have a Navy SEAL. You know what I mean? And I think this is extremely interesting because this is like someone who's really been in the conflict. They're not necessarily coming from this, oh, I've built tech or I've done business. Like to me, this would be a non-traditional kind of like background. And I think, the, the, yeah, yeah. Like they're truly the customer. And yeah. so specifically what they're building is they basically are building on autonomous surface level like vessels. So think ships. And what they what they identified was that Basically, when it was coming to these shipbuilders, they were focused primarily on manufacturing like large naval ships. And I think going back to what Dre said, that has actually been an area where the U.S. government has had significant delays and also overspending when it's come to just like get, getting new Navy ships out. And I think some stats say that China has recently passed us in that, in that capacity. And so they have for sure. I heard that same stat. They have. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's just very interesting to see like how different people like are really thinking about defense as a market, especially at this time and specifically the role autonomy is going to play in this. Like going, I, I think that's why this war is so different. Like when you remove people from the conflict and people are now managers of a lot of the, let's be honest, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the materials that folks are using, even like Anderil, they're bringing together cheap like parts to be able to cost effectively make these things. And I think that's one of the beauty, beauty of these things because they can play a volume games. It, it, it almost goes back to what we were talking about with satellites, how they went from being expensive all the way to being cheap again. And so I think that's what you're seeing here from a manufacturing standpoint when it comes to defense tech. And that's just going to change. Like there's so many questions that come from, from that. Will wars be longer because human casualty isn't involved will they potentially like depending on like the countries that are involved like how do think about the what's the system called that shoots down the rockets when people shoot them they've been advertising them because israel is famous oh, the iron dome thing yeah so yeah, think about other like that. that technology being drones or something like i don't I, like i personally need to probably read some more science fiction books on what war tech could look like to get an understanding of how these people are thinking but it's insane, bro. You haven't even mentioned the biggest component to what war is going to be. And that's space, bro. You, you haven't mentioned space. And space is a whole nother arena where warfare is about to be absolutely insane. Think about it. Everything that we do today is driven by satellites, right? Everything. Yeah. All forms of communication, right? And so 
you knock out communication, you are crippling a lot, especially from a developed nation, right? Imagine if we can, if you try to pick up your phone, try to do the internet, you can't call, no, no form of communication. You're going to panic. We would panic if we can't. I'm panicking. Yeah, I'm definitely panicking. Yeah. Look, so, well, that's I, a whole different thing. So hopefully we, Elon is thinking about that too. Hopefully, yeah, I, I bet they got it on the road. To the audience, I know Dre might be scaring y'all a little bit because these are, these, these are concrete facts, but they, and they, they hit. But they're real, and we we have to address those. But I like how you moved it to space, and I also like how Brian mentioned the satellite, uh, the satellites, because and also the resourcefulness of that company, because essentially what Elon's premise around SpaceX was cheaper rockets, and so he was also doing that. And his the interesting thing is that Starlink is a is, is not its own company. It, it's actually interesting that it's, it's if SpaceX is OpenAI. And Starlink is ChatGPT, and it's and it's and it's, and it's crazy. And, and it, the thing about it, because those are software versus physical, but yeah, no, Dre is right. We rely on GP satellites for tons of stuff, especially because look, we are on our phones hours. Most people, the average person is on their phone hours a day. Even if you lacked. It could be internet, it could be service, and then also just like directional directions. Imagine if even right now you can download offline maps, but if, if satellites were taken down, then you wouldn't be able to navigate regardless. It doesn't matter if you have the, the map or not. So I do think that I'm happy that Starlink is going faster. And I'm also happy that Amazon is also jumping into that race because, yeah, literally, it sounds like you're almost are, are saying Star Wars, <laughs> which is an interesting concept. Yeah, but, let's just hope America stays innovating, bro. That's really uh, the thing. Like, we we just need America to, to continue to innovate. And I think to a point that Brian has mentioned uh, several times, actually, is I think we need more innovation in the hard tech space and more in the deep tech, more in the hardware. Like, we do. It seems like over the past decade, we've had like this massive influx in software companies. And obviously, you need software makes you know it, it makes the hardware perform better. We all know that and recognize that. But I think. As we start to see how physical infrastructure is changing around us, we need more hardware. I'll tell you guys a funny story the other day. I think it was yesterday, two days ago. Me and Nia were driving around, coming back from grabbing dessert at this bakery. And I see this cruise. Obviously, I'm here in Houston. I see a cruise vehicle pull up on the side of me. And I, I see these all the time, right? I think I was telling you guys, I, I see them all around Houston all the time. However, normally when I see them, there's somebody inside of the inside. There's, a, there's an operator, there's somebody. Bro, we saw a cruise vehicle on the road, nobody in that boy. Like, completely autonomous, completely empty. And I've never seen that before, like, here in Houston Roads. And it was at night, too. And it was just, drive it was just driving by itself. And Neil was like, she was freaking out. She was taking videos and pictures. And I'm like, bro, I cannot wait till it come here. I'm about to download the cruise app so I can actually use it. And I was super yeah. excited about it. And so, again, when I see that, like, it takes entrepreneurs who have a vision about the future to go off and go build that. The, the founders of Cruise have been working on that for damn near 10 years. Long time. Ten, a very long time. Long time. Grinding at that, like trying to get those cars out on the road. And it's still not even out there as, public, as publicly available as I'm sure they, their, their vision for it to be. So it just goes to show like the, the level of innovation that's needed to bring stuff like that to, to fruition. So we just need more of that. Like that type we, of technology gets me excited. We, we definitely need more of it. But I think going back to something I said before, now with me working in like higher ed, I don't think it's necessarily 
I, th- I think it, we need more of it as nuance because from my perspective where I sit, it's already here. The thing is we need a more efficient process to bring it to market, which will take care, care of the more of it. And I think what is slowing it down at times is capital because there are capital extension like with that, not all investors are hip to wanting to take that on. But the other thing too is it's very hard to translate this science. Now, I'm not only talking about like biotech and life sciences, but like even like a lot of AI research. Like we really have to think it was a year ago where OpenAI said, screw it. Like we're taking off our research hat and actually going to be a public, like a private company. Like, and so, yeah, I, I ho- hopefully we, we, we do start to see that because I do think it would be very exciting. And I'm not going to lie. I almost, I feel every day I come across like some dope folks who've been yeah. doing a lot of thinking and investing in this space. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, I'm late, but we still early yeah. in that space, bro. Speaking to add more to that sentiment around like just hard tech and robotics and even satellites and space. And I, I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about this uh, uh, before the podcast, but not, but, but. I think one of the reasons too is not the only reason because you mentioned many reasons around like the progress that we're the the slow progress is that you just have old players that benefit off the old regime. And so, for example, I came across um, AT&T getting into the Starlink situation. Now, mind you, it's interesting that they're getting into the Starlink situation because up until they released the Starlink mobile thing, I didn't hear a word from AT. And so now- Hold they, on, hold on. They, Give, hold on. I know we talked about Starlink last episode, but can you specifically talk about the mobile yes. product that they're rolling out? Sure, sure, absolutely. So essentially, they're rolling out a, a global network for phones. And they have coverage all over the United States, even in remote areas, which is a, a big benefit. And they partnered with T-Mobile that we acknowledge that I, I believe on, on the last podcast and T-Mobile low-key has made some strategic moves and on the logo. And I, I count them out. I'm not going to lie. I'm, me personally, but I see they're in the game now. And, but yeah, it's just, it's, Starlink is just offering cell phone plans. And now they're not doing it just yet. This will be in 2024. It's unclear when it is. But what I did notice is that they announced the Starlink mobile and then I saw a ton of ads around Starlinks, the current Starlinks that are available. Mind you, these, the ones that are available weren't available just maybe I tried to buy one maybe a year ago and I couldn't, they, I, they, it wasn't, so these are new developments and have just been, been started. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, old player, my, old players are slowing things down old. And I think that's where software, I think that's why software got uh, a lot of growth and innovation because it was harder to, to control. It's harder to see what's happening. It's harder to understand it. It's hard. Whereas with, with things like with these defense companies or even this infra- our infrastructure companies or just robotics, it's just a lot easier to like constrain that. Can I think we figure it out how to keep structure in the physical world? What, what exactly is AT&T trying to do though? What are they trying so, to want? So, they're, so they, they just want to, okay. So they, I'll, I'll just say this. AT&T, they asked the federal Federal, uh, so the FCC, which stands for the federal. <laughs> um, You're saying they, this is an unfair advantage. They're saying that I'm reading this straight out of the article here. They want to, they're asking the FCC for SpaceX to 
give more information around the technology to ensure that it doesn't affect their technology. That's what they're that's what they're saying. Now, to me, this is just an opinion. I is that from a company that. standpoint or a consumer standpoint? What do you mean? Oh. Are they saying like how does can could SpaceX technology potentially impact AT and T consumers? Yeah, like I think so. Or think or, so. or are they saying like the the AT and T infrastructure? The infrastructure. What I think those are tied together because if you affect because if you affect the infrastructure, then you're going to affect the the end user. So they're so yeah, I think those are tied together because you because if, if SpaceX for, for example, let's say they um were right and these satellites. And all these satellites that were getting sent up by Starlink and Amazon did disrupt, um, uh, in some ways, the cell networks. That could be a problem. So that's so they're asking for more information. Well, did they specify what type of disruption? No. I'm confused on what the argument is. Like from AT&T yeah. side, what did they what did it cause a bus over? Like, they just find out? So maybe I need to learn more. Maybe I need to learn more because I, my opinion, I, I just want to say this. What I'm going to state right here is not a fact. This is just an opinion based on what I see, based on what I know right now. I may not know all, all the information. I believe that they are just trying to buy time. I believe that they have these cell networks. AT&T was once extremely dominant. They are still very dominant. They are part of a group of large cell, cell networks. And I think that they didn't anticipate a rocket company turning around and making global internet. And they also didn't anticipate a consumer retail company doing the same thing. So I think what they're doing is, uh, is essentially show us more about how it works. And that's what I think they're doing. But I want to ask a question. I want to ask a question, Ronnie. So, yeah, you've seen SpaceX and T-Mobile form a partnership. Is AT&T potentially thinking about partnering with any of the other satellite players out there? I know we've talked about like the Project Cooper over at Amazon, like, how do they think about getting in the, in the game? Because that's their only choice now. They probably feeling like, I'm not gonna lie, they probably feeling like how Ford felt when, when scooters came out. Because I, I, you, know, you try to get in the game after it starts. Wait, why you do know? you feel like that's their only choice? Why, why do you feel like that's their only choice, brother? Because what other choice do they have when they, they launch satellites? They can launch satellites, bro. Like AT&T is a big company. Let's not pretend like AT&T is this okay. little bitty startup. Like they're the they, largest communication company in the world. Like, they can do anything SpaceX can do. They have the capability and resources to do it too. Now, whether or not it translates to the same market value and like all that is a whole different thing. But it's not like AT&T don't have the resources to. And, and by the way, I don't even know that they aren't doing this, by the way. I have no idea it, it's possible. what AT&T is doing with satellites. Yeah, they may already be invested in that space. But, the, but SpaceX themselves is actually, they have a satellite launch program. So they have the ability to launch satellites for third-party providers, right? And right now, they're doing a bunch of stuff for NASA, but they do have the ability to launch third-party satellites. So AT&T could inherently use SpaceX to just launch their own constellation of satellites. Now, obviously, that's a whole different investment. Yeah. Business strategy, whether or not they do that is a whole different thing. Yeah. But they do have the ability to, they have options. to do it. They have, they have options. options. So, but so I have an option. And it's early, too. I wouldn't say it like it's, it's, it's late. But, but here, they have some options. It's just... One thing that's, I think, is that I wonder if they, if in hindsight, I wonder if they would have put satellites out in the way that Amazon and SpaceX is doing right now in hindsight. I wonder if, if, if they were, because I, I can only speculate. I, I, I have no idea. Um, I see my brother's looking it up right now. What do you see, brother? Does no, AT&T have satellites? 
Nah, but it it, it, it it seems like it's. They got GPS satellites. They, they they probably don't. They probably just do coordinates. <laughs> they probably just do coordinates. Man, if I'm a shareholder of AT and T, I, I would be pretty pissed though because you yeah. would assume AT and T should have been investing in this stuff. Like, I, yes. I I would be very shocked if they got caught flat footed. You know what I'm saying? Like, just knowing the history of AT and T, how dominant they've been. Like we've said before, there's only been a handful of companies successfully sued by the government for anti-monopoly behavior, and they are one of them. So let, let me say this. Let me say this because I want to provide ahead, a little ahead. bit of fact. So once again, I think this is an example of like folks just not being aware. And so I want to pull the future that's already here forward a little bit. So they have. They've actually been investing in a satellite company out of Midland, Texas, actually. It's called oh, AST. Yeah, it's called AST Space Mobile. And so right now, right, it reads right here. They're the only global cellular broadband network in space to operate directly with standard mobile devices. And so this is probably before the whole Starlink or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, but so yeah, they, they've been making say, some bro, investments. There's no way. There's, 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 no, way, there. there's no way AT&T sitting on their hands not doing nothing. You're right. I, just, right. I wouldn't believe that. Let's, if, if that was the case today, the whole executive team should be let go. <laughs> Everybody can that no, well, yeah. Here's the thing. Look, we're, we're from the city we were from. We know how executives can fumble. They can fumble. But, um, but hold on. This also goes back to fumble. what I was saying about partnership, though. This partnership can fumble. Brian, bro, actually, I actually have something on that's actually something that relates to what you're saying, uh, which okay. is that, which is that, yes, like they're almost like so. It's you. Dre brought a bigger point. SpaceX couldn't have third parties. They couldn't do third party deals, et cetera, or whatever, right? I'm, and I'm about to draw a parallel r- real quick here that I noticed w- uh, with just Elon in particular. I remember reading that Elon, when he first was attempting to really take Tesla and turn it and, and be serious about electric companies, he went to Detroit first because from his perspective, Motor City, et cetera, that makes perfect sense. That's what any logical person would do. Now they shoot him away for whatever reasons that, that that it was. I don't know what why that was. Either way, he kept going. He created Tesla and he created the supercharger network. And so now you have this whole large network of superchargers. And then recently, they have set it up to where then now they're doing deals with a lot of like companies like GM, for example, to to have standard charging. And in a way, it's they turn they turn you down. You keep going. And then now they need you. And so what it sounded like Dre was saying was like, oh, no, there's still options there if they're not in space. Um, it just might not be the most highest lo- leverage options. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They, might be, they won't have the highest leverage. And it, but it depends on the details, though, because it could be speeds and whatnot. I don't know what it, I don't know what, I don't have to look more into technology and, and whatnot. But, but I do know this, though. Starlink is what they are pushing, what they're pushing a lot is the idea that you can get business level internet in remote places and i saw actually the ceo of, of i believe it's bloom now but i forgot what it was called before and he was on some trip or something he's just on twitter and he was on like a mountain or something like that or whatever and the speeds were like equivalent to like what you would get in like a we work and he had, and he had just got the starling the starling grown and so if you're telling me that you can get something even remotely clear to that in your cell phone then then that is definitely disruptive 
that's definitely disruptive because now you're just like when you're in other places like it, it just it gives you an added sense of safety as far as connection that's a good marketing to go like a good wedge i should say yeah to focus on that particular core because even if you're not like an adventurous person and when i hear oh connectivity in the most remote places i'm like Shit, if it work in the desert, then that shit gotta yes, work. Yes. It gotta work yeah, everywhere yeah, yeah. else, dude. Like, if it worked there, it's good everywhere. So that's a good, that's a really good marketing but, wish, dude. I think this is very interesting, too, because it actually reminds me of this founder that had came and spoke at KU while I was an undergrad, where he, he was a Kansan, so he had grew up in a remote area. And so he was very familiar with the lack of internet activity and cellular out there. But he was approaching it through through a new innovation when it came to like fiber optics. So this is was a still around the same time Google Fiber was starting to they were starting to you know push across the United States and things of that nature. But it seems like satellites almost leapfrog because nobody was thinking that. <laughs> I don't think anybody like I always I, I have found myself like when it comes to these innovations being extremely curious about the information and the confidence in that information that those folks had when they made those decisions at that time. Because in hindsight, it looks like it was an obvious decision, but obviously they didn't have the information we have today. And so but, like- but I, think, but I think it's beyond that though. I think it was a technology issue though. Cause I, I yeah. worked at a fiber optic company where we were laying down physical fiber optic cable. I don't think it was nobody was thinking about satellites because if you think about it, satellite TV has been around forever. Like. I don't like Dish Network, for example. I don't even know if Dish Network's still around, but like at one point in time, Dish Network was like everywhere. Like people having satellite dishes on their house or whatever. The problem with satellite technology, though, is that it was unreliable. It just wasn't reliable. Even if you were thinking about like all this grandiose vision of how to do it, if you didn't have the right technology to do it, it wouldn't, you wouldn't, it wasn't there. Correct. Even companies like Google, for example, they tried to do it using like balloons. They tried to use balloons to make it a little bit more mm -hmm. reliable. But you still run into that same thing. I think what it is is that the technology needed to catch up. I don't know exactly what pivotal technology it was. It probably it was, was a combination of many different things. But it was so, definitely a technology. It was SpaceX. I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Oh, I maybe think, SpaceX. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think the technology, and SpaceX has multiple technologies. But going back to what we were saying before, like the fact that like SpaceX approached space from a reusability standpoint, that drastically yeah. changed the nature True. of just how those materials and technologies could come together True. to build something. Now, that's a very good point, but I think uh, I want to also, call out this stat that Rodney, you were talking about rural America, bro. I didn't know this. So there are 46 million people just here in the United States that live in rural America and close to 50% wow. of them don't have consistent internet access or cellular that's in america wild. alone yeah so it's and yeah and, and also another thing that's interesting too because um when dre brought up the infrastructure as far as the technology of internet yeah satellite internet and cable did exist before but there was limitations and, and like dre said it wasn't as reliable but another thing i noticed is simply put at&t walked so spacex could fly you know what i'm saying and and when i look at the, the even the way the it, that they're doing it is different too because you own your Starlink. Like when, when yeah. they were doing this network and before and all that, like they like you didn't. It, it was like a full installment process. It's now it's as simple as you have this thing and you put it somewhere where it can see the sky, and you have business level internet anywhere in the United States. Now, mind you, they also have some other places too, but I'm not going to speak on that because I'm not. I haven't tested any of that just yet, 
I did get a couple of my pieces in though. Not all of them. I'm waiting on the main piece. I got one of the pieces. It's, I'm not the other one now. Shit. I got the little. <laughs> I got the little adapter, man. I got the adapter, but it's not enough, man. I need yeah. that. Because I'm coming out to some moves. Uh, Y'all know. There's a couple of moves. I, <laughs> I ain't going to lie. There's a lot of sky over here. So hopefully this move yeah. works for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll let y'all know. I'll keep y'all tapped in. I'm just, I just got to see. I just got to see. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I would love to talk to I would love to work with them <laughs> in some capacity for sure. There's a lot of high traffic areas that need a very a faster speeds. I'll put it like that. Anyone can be an internet service provider. <laughs> Maybe that's what AT&T is concerned about. I signed up. I signed up for the mobile thing. I signed up because right now, I think right now it's not even consumer based. I don't think right now. I think mm -hmm. they, they want corporations. So I, I signed up because I'm like, we're safe communications. You know what I'm saying? Hey, but we might have a little uh, network plan coming out soon. You never know. It wouldn't surprise safe plan. me. It would not surprise me. I know we've covered a range of topics and obviously on this show, we've been trying to keep people up to speed on everything kind of happened in AI. I know there was a very good conversation we were having around just some of the recent features and emerging use cases we're seeing from the recent audio rollout that OpenAI did, but I wanted to first start with vision. And the reason why this is important is I came across like this guy, his name is Greg Comrant. And so he actually, he builds a lot of AI products and he has, he actually has a really good YouTube channel and stuff, but he used to do AI over at Salesforce and things of that nature. But he gave this framework to think about like how you can think about bucketing the different use cases when it came to GPT-4 vision, which I was like, damn, this is really good. But there's seven of them. So the first one is describe. So describe what's in the image. So imagine you giving an image and you telling chat GPT. Hey, you shared this. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I used it. As soon as they gave me the you feature, did. I used that same. I used it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yup, yup. And so the other thing that he said was like interpret. So imagine you giving an image and saying, like, interpret this. So specifically when it comes to like doctors, imagine them being able to give x-rays and saying, hey, what's going on here? And then the other one is recommend. And so obviously like you may give it a picture of a, a Figma and say, hey, what are, break this down, recommend some different suggestions and things of that nature. Then obviously we've seen convert. Think of that as just taking a picture of your landing page or a, a website you drew on a napkin and saying, convert this to code. There's extract, which is just like taking apart the different image and kind of helping you understand the output. And then there's also assist and evaluate. And yeah, I recommend people checking this out because even within those categories, he had like different like use cases. And I think that's the beauty of just what is going on right now in, in AI is because nobody knows from a mechanical standpoint how these large language models and, and, and things of that nature work. Like anyone can teach you something. Like it's not all going to come from like this centralized entity or someone that works yeah. in the field because they yeah. don't even know what's going on. And so this yeah. is definitely one of those resources to check out. Yeah. What are some of the use cases that you see for Vision in particular? Yeah, yeah. I thought, so obviously the one around medicine is very interesting. And I think there's a ton of companies just in that space that are starting to go after that. I, th I think healthcare is about to really have a, a, a an awakening here shortly. Oops. Yeah. And I, you, you were talking about that a few. Some of these are still like high level. And so I think they could probably get a little bit more specific. I think where the low, the one I'm really interested in is in the convert. I'm actually interested in replit replit 
Revlet's mission is to turn anybody oh, yeah. into a creator. And, and this is the reason why this shit is important. Like, one, they started getting into their open source back, so they're saving a tremendous amount of money when it comes to cost on this, which strategically positions them in, the, in, a, in a very interesting way. But when they get their hands on vision and they make it from where anybody, anybody and their mama can easily go from taking an image, converting it, they already have this ghost AI writer that can write the code, writes the code, and then they provide the infrastructure for you to deploy it. That value chain yeah. is crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. Low key, the internet about to be polluted. <laughs> <laughs> the internet so it's about already, to be polluted. It's already it, polluted. It, You're right. Yeah. It's about to get worse. It's yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, if it, yeah, it's yes. It's because anybody like I, every I want accessibility for everybody. I do. It's already info. It's already info overload right now. You feel me? But I'll, I'll say one use case that I used recently. With so recently, I got lucky. ChatGPT gave me all the new features. They and that usually doesn't happen to me. I that usually doesn't happen to me. So that's why I got everything. I have Dolly three, and I also have the image stuff. And and I used it one to, like you said, just describe the landing page. So I've been sharing the landing page with you guys just in general stuff that we've been doing. And I've been using that, my screenshots and whatnot to using that same breakdown that you had, Brylin, and just saying, describe, I'll just just say, describe in detail. And I'm impressed by the accuracy of, it's like a hundred percent accurate. It's not, it's not like before it was like, I remember when I first saw vision technology, when I was like a teenager and it was OCR, it was like, you could read, you could pull tech. Text yep. from the, but it was like, it would be like off a little bit. This is not that. And that it's was a big thing. deal back then. That was OCR yeah. was a big deal. Hold on, hold on, Yo, hold on. Oh, back, then, oh, back then, my mind was blown. My mind Let's was not blown make the assumption then. that people know what OCR is. What, what, OCR, what's OCR run? Look, I don't know. I don't know how, I don't know what the acronym is. All I can tell you is object character recognition. Okay. So basically, we took a picture of a document, it will be, try to extract the text. But it, OCR wasn't, it wasn't that. It lacked a lot of accuracy, but it was still a big deal, though. It was better than what we had. But this is like oh, completely different. It can, you could put a meme in there and tell, like, and tell it, like, describe this meme, and it'll get the joke. I, it's, it's, I, I don't know how to describe it, but it's very, it's very. I'm excited, but at the same time, I don't, I don't want to get distracted because I feel like I wish I was a kid right now, so I could just play around with it. You know what I'm saying? And just discover different use cases and whatnot because there's a ton of them. But I try to focus it on my companies. I want to ask this question real quick. Sure. Because once again, like the, the, the fact that, so I haven't played with the vision one, but I'm hearing you say it was like 100% accurate oh, in yeah, terms of what it's per- describing. Yeah. I, like the, the, the question that comes to my mind is like, how the hell did they even train this thing? I don't know. Right? I don't Because no that's idea. the secret sauce. Like, and it, so from a basic level, they took some images and those images had some descriptions. But think about how many examples they had to give it and the diversity of examples they had to give yeah. it. And then you needed a human to be able to say, this is actually what it is. It's a very complex. That's what that's where that $10 billion went to. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's yeah. how Microsoft yeah. put that money in. They're yeah. like, y'all yeah. niggas figured this out. And no. they obviously got some shit. They got some intellectual property. I'm not going to lie. I can't see how if any teacher is giving me out homework in paper or even on a screen you might as well forget it like that's the it's done like that get that, that it like it's done like it's that good and, and i'm not often like super excited about but this is this did 
this was a big deal. And I've, I've been using it daily. I use Dolly. Dolly's cool too, but I'm not as excited about Dolly, probably because I haven't had as much use case around it. Although I did use it to create a link preview just for a general link sharing and stuff, which I'm sure there's a bunch of other use cases. The images look very nice though. The images are nice. They come out nice. They give you four options. Like it's really cool. It's definitely going to make Midjourney change their dynamic because Dolly is way easier than Midjourney. Um, uh, I don't understand why Midjourney hasn't made it easier to use. They should, I mean, I, we, they we don't have to use it, but you got to go through so much shit to use it, I feel. They should just Aren't make it bootstrap? now. They should yeah, just they make it now. At this point, they got the money now, so they should just make it now. I, like, I understand the role Discord and everything played in the original, but now they might as well just make the easy interface now. Because Dolly, because if people have to choose, they're, they're going to go to Dolly. They like, should just, the founder like, should just sell it. He should just honestly sell the company. Yeah, you should sell it. Sell, it's, sell I think the company. Good they're really bad. good. They, they don't have, I don't think they've taken on any VC money. He, he could probably easily sell Mid Journey for what, a billion dollars now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Fetching quite a bit of money. Right now, especially right now. They probably yeah. have tens of millions in revenue, right? Subscription. Yeah. They, I'm sure they're probably doing decent. Yeah. He can sell the company and, and walk away. And it's a small team, bro. Small team. Everybody will eat. Everybody will eat. Don't, <laughs> don't get killed. Don't try to build something to compete against OpenAI, end up getting killed, and yeah. then you can't build real enterprise value. Don't do that. Take the billy and walk away. I think so. I agree. I would agree. I would agree because even though I would say that Midjourney is extremely customizable, images are photorealistic, et cetera, the, the issue ultimately is that it's through Discord and it's command-based and it's complicated and it's too technical. And so you're just not going to... It's impressive what they did. And I'm impressed by Midjourney. I paid a year in advance. It was It cost me an arm and a leg, but I love Midjourney. But Dolly, if I think about convenience, people are just going to go to Dolly, which will probably end up being and being at some point. And then speaking of AI, I, I, I did want to speak to a feature that I just got today, which definitely, I, it, I, I, saw, I haven't had a chance to reflect on the, the whole experience yet, but I tried the new, there's, when it rolls out to, for plus users, when it rolls out, you'll see like a, a set of headphones at the top. So there used to be like just a, a bottom button that, that would transcribe your text, just like a, like, a, like a regular transcribe. This is more of literally pressing the button and somebody picking up the phone. And so when you press the button, there's a set of like voices that you can, can you pull from. Can you pull up your phone and do that? Yes, I can. I, yeah, I can. Oh, I got a privacy screen also. Let me, but let me see if it, if it, if I can. If I just I can, want to hear it talk. Oh, you yeah. want it? If you I want, want to, you might be able to talk to it. You might, you might be able to talk to it if you oh, can hear. If you can hear. Hold on, let me see. And this is cra it was crazy, man. I talked. So while I'm bringing this up, I had to turn my brightness up by the way because I have a pri privacy screen. But I talked. You know, LA traffic is terrible. One mile is thirty minutes. So, you know, it's just horrible. It's horrible. Like every other place can. If you've never been to LA, you will, you'll never understand. I was talking about strategy, just different things, what I was getting ready to do. And it was as if I was talking to a person, you know what I'm saying? And then, and so I'm going to show you, let's see if you guys we should can do it. We, we can a you choose a voice? Yeah, yeah. You can choose the voices. You can choose the voices. Now, wow. there's a little secret sauce I'm going to share off the podcast because there's, there's, there's something else that, that I want y'all to know about. But, but look, okay. So can y'all see, hold on. Yeah, yeah, see, yeah, yeah. You see the headphone? It's hard, right? Let's see. It's blurry. It's a little blurry. But yeah, I, I can get the sense of it. Yeah, but you yeah. get the headphone, 
And hey, ChatGBT, talk to the listeners of the Beat the Odds podcast for me. I'm here to help their ideas, brainstorm, and all advice range. Bro, we should we should record a whole episode with it one day. That'd be crazy. Can you give us just one topic that might be interesting to talk about? Certainly. Let's talk about the future of mental treatments, specifically focusing on the rise of psychedelic therapies, ketamine, LSD, and MDMA. These are not only breaking stigmas, but also showing promising results in a controlled setting. A whole new paradigm is emerging. So look, hold on. I got to tell you right now, that, that shit's crazy because I was literally just talking to somebody earlier on that same topic, bro. Really? And that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Let's try. That is oh, crazy. That's wild. And I'm, and I'm wild. all. Okay. And I'm all for. Okay, they might have got twenty out of me. They might. Yeah. They might have. <laughs> you didn't want to give, give it to him. You didn't want to give it to him. I don't want no. I don't want you to support ChatGPT, bro. You, you've been shitting on Open AI, bro. We don't need none of that. Don't subscribe. Don't use it. Don't use the product at all, bro. Let, let me and Ron bro, enjoy all that, bro. Yo, I'm telling you, I ain't gonna cap. I need that. <laughs> I I specifically need that API because I got some ideas. I don't know. I want the API oh, so too. bad. I want the API oh, so bad. bad. Well, well, I got well, some ideas, bro. I, to oh, tell you why I asked God. it, I was like, I, to tell you why I asked it, how did how to open it? I make this feature. <laughs> oh yeah. I feel like I it wouldn't surprise me if when it came to that feature, I feel like obviously they're doing transcription. They already had that with yes. Whisper. Right, yeah. yep. they're exactly. plugging that. They're plugging that in the Chat GPT or GPT four, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Then mm-hmm. they're taking that and they're converting that to voice. I'm curious if they built their own voice model. I don't know how how tough it is to build something like that, so I can't speak to that. Or did they go the borrow route and potentially partner with someone like Eleven, who's been I making know. noise in a lot of the I don't know the voice it, space. It's interesting because. I do think there's a transcription part, which they definitely already have. We know that part, but it's it's the nature of the of it being like a call. Because again, when I, when What's I was the in my car, on it? it when I was in my car, it pulled up as a phone call. It pulled up as a phone call. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, yeah. So hold yeah, so you so on, now, now I'll, I'll go ahead and give go. I'll give Sam a little some two cents that he didn't ask for. But I will say this: it is amazingly good and i will be using it for sure because the way my mind is even just taking a walk just talking like this is a per- this is literally a person in your like a soundboard in your pocket or whatever you want you know what i'm saying if you're a girl listening to this maybe you want a boyfriend in your pocket you know what i'm saying i don't know you can customize it and have it talk to you a certain way whatever i don't know everybody's use case is different but for me i've been using it for as a soundboard with a lot of my background information about, about me but also my goals and the goals of what I'm trying to do. And so it 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 is really interesting how it does the tone correctly. And then also what I will say though is this, the visual interface allows you to interrupt it, which is very similar to how, for example, on the web interface, if it's generating a lot of text, you can stop it. And then, and so the one thing that I would say is that there every now and then, and I it, it just rolled out. So I understand it's not gonna be perfect. Every now and then, if you pause for a little, it's almost too responsive. If you pause for just, if you pause a little, if you pause for a little bit too long, it might think that you have are done talking, and then so it'll start going into, a, uh, it'll start talking, and have a, a long, as we speak. And so 
what I suggest is some level of a, yeah. What I suggest to chat GPT Purchase is all set. <laughs> is it available to everybody time. though? Cause I don't have, I don't think I have access. Oh, it, I it need that. Yeah, no, it's gonna take a second, bro. It, it, but everybody's gonna have it in a month, though. Everybody's gonna have it in a month. I got it. it, it you got it already right there. I'm sorry, bro. Bro, I, I, why you gonna lie? I go loud, bro. I don't got that shit, bro. This is the best time. I ain't got that. I'm about, I'm about to send. I'm about to send him an email. Because <laughs> Dre actually, Joe, bro, Dre, this is definitely, bro. You've been a, a lawyer bro. subscriber, bro. Huh? Oh no, no I see, it, I see it, I see it, bro. Why do they do this? They they put it into the the settings. Yeah. To, oh, I see. You have to enable it. Okay, I got it. Okay. Oh, I'm about to, I'm about no, to I ain't it. have to. Do okay. All yeah. That after this podcast, talk oh. to it for it a little bit, and then talk, then then then, then shoot me some info. But basically, this is a completely. Hey, hold on. We gonna talk about some use cases, but yeah. just to all the listeners, y'all ain't getting that. Y'all, y'all, we we can't give y'all that game. Y'all just gonna have yeah. to experience yeah. that, bro. Bro. Yeah. Yeah. There's some... Don't let the API drop. That's all bro, that's I'm, what saying. I'm saying. Oh yeah. That's it, bro. It's all for... that it's is the vision API. Don't let it drop. That's what I'm thinking. No, what what I want so bad is the live yeah, this just like the yeah just the response because it it is very intelligent and it's good. The one thing I would say about the experience is because and this happens in regular human com communication sometimes. For example, we both start talking at the same time. We got to readjust or whatever. What I would say is, is that they do have a tap to interrupt button in the app, but in the case where I was in, in my car, for example, it would be nice to have a customizable word that represents stops mm. to pause the pause. So I can, yeah. so it doesn't just keep talking. Cause then I found myself sometimes talking to it and then maybe taking a little bit of, of a pause to think, and then it'll start responding. And I, and if I'm driving, I can't stop it. I just have to listen to the response and then clarify it. But ultimately it's not too much different from a conversation with a regular person though. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That happens in a regular conversation too, but it's very intriguing. Did y'all ever see the movie Her? Yeah. Have y'all ever seen that? Yeah. Recently. Yeah. Her. Recently. yeah. This literally, this. Just reminds me of that. We're, that. we're inching closer to that. Dre, honestly, bro, it literally, it is, it, when you, it's, yes, yes, 100%. Like, first of all, I'm going to get your, your, your like, the, even the headphones that you got on. Once, all it takes is for somebody, like, I'm not going to lie, it's such a general use. I don't know how to describe this technology. Basically, for example, you, you know how, like, you have replicas, right? And I've heard a lot about that. And there's a lot of use cases around them, but a lot of people have been saying this a whole idea of AI girlfriends, et cetera, whatever. I'm not going to lie to you. This is clear to me that you will be able to, they're going to roll out some way, in which case you can have preset roles. So you can easily switch between roles. Because that's what I was thinking about. Because I, I, as I was talking to, I was like, oh, you know what? It would be nice to be able to switch between different instructions. Because I have those things in my notepads for different yeah. use cases, but it'd be nice to have those already in ChatGPT so that if I wanted it to talk to a different role, for example, talk as a product manager, talk as a behavior, like behavioral scientist, et cetera. Of course, you're gonna have people who are gonna like talk to me like you're like my best friend, talk to me like, like there, there's gonna be, it's gonna get very interesting. And it's only a set, we're only a step away from like Dre said, being her. And be, be, because it's only a step away before it can connect to everything else. There's it, only one more. It's only it, like the conversation. It's going to be almost perfect in six months. It's incredible. I'm not going to lie. It's incredible. I'm excited to start using it. I yeah. I can only think about what what the Siri team and the Google Assistant and Alexa team like what they got to be thinking because they're really 
that technology almost seemed like archaic compared to this. Yes. I, no, I, I, think, I, I think they got it, bro. Let me tell you this. You think, what, who got it? Siri? Is them? I, yeah, I, they got to be sitting on it, bro. Why you said that? I think you're giving them too much credit. Why you said that? I think, like, I'm going to be honest. I think, I, think, I think just from the perspective of a talent standpoint, I think it's very likely that they probably have talent. I think most of what has emerged in AI has not necessarily been because of talent. It's, because, it's been because people have stayed at the problem long enough and inc the incremental improvements eventually met an uh, inflection point that made it exponential. And so because of that, I think a lot of this is being di dictated by like the, the just people figuring out a lot of stuff. And I don't think it's like super like proprietary stuff. I think some people get ahead of others. I think some people like get ahead of others, not only in terms of development, but also releasing it to the public. And yeah. I think if I'm going to be honest, the only thing that would keep me from thinking that they may not be up on this is the data set. That's where the advantage is. We don't know. I ain't even going to cap. While y'all were talking, I was playing with the photo stuff and I was asked, I gave it a photo of me and then gave it a photo of us and was like, so what you think we doing? And it was really good. It was really <laughs> good. I ain't even going to lie. That, 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 that. They might have got $100 out of me. Let me ask you this, Brian. I think you make a valid point, but my, but the only, the thing that comes to mind to me that kind of cancels that out is Google, right? When Google first came on the scene, there was a clear competitive advantage from a product standpoint, like not just from the fact that you can type, like literally from an engineering standpoint, there was a competitive advantage that Google had over Yahoo, over AltaVista, over AxGs, over all the other search engines, right? The way they did ranking was just distinctly different and became somewhat proprietary when you combined it with data and all the other shit they started doing. And at some point, you look back and it was like, oh, we can't catch Google, right? No other search engine was able to catch them. But Google wasn't the first search engine, right? We know that. Obviously, there were other search engines. And so I, I get where you're saying about the proprietariness, but I, I think like there, there are moments in histories where companies have been able to capture a certain velocity in the market and excel much faster than, their, much faster than everybody around them, even though the, the, the tools that they may be leveraging have already existed. So I, I think that's an important thing to keep in mind because, again, but, Google, but, 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 even, but, but, but even, I mean, ChatGPT is playing catch up when you think about a hardware provider. In that regard, yes. In that regard, yes. How, what do you mean? Think about yeah, the number like of the Apple devices form. or The physical Android. form. The yeah. physical form. Yeah, I thought about that, too. I thought about that, too. Although I think that they, they I think that they think oh, about Wait, say, wait, say, what do you mean, though? What, what do you mean? Because like, I think in Echo. Are you saying because they're using, but they're starting to work on their hardware now. We saw the headline with what they're doing with Johnny Ives. But by the way, I don't even think that matters. The thing is, when Google Assistant launched and when Amazon Alexa launched, hardware wasn't where hardware is today. It wasn't, right? Alexa, when Alexa was around 10 years ago. So think about where hardware and computing was 10 years ago, or even before then, right? And compare it to now. So I don't even think it matters necessarily that you're using another provider's technology. Again, Google wasn't, was using off-the-shelf stuff too when they first launched. So I don't necessarily think that matters as much. But again, I do think like we should be cautious about what can be considered a competitive advantage because while it may seem simple, 
I could argue that a search algorithm, a ranking algorithm is simple too, but that's obviously not the case because nobody has been able to catch them. So I don't want to just shy over what OpenAI has done and be like, oh, anybody can do this. Because if that was the case, then they would have done it, right? Like they, they would have done it and, and be successful. And they should have. And they, and they should have. I'm not going to lie. If, if, if they could have done it, if they could have done it, any of these big players, if they could have done it, they, they should have definitely put this out sooner. Because it's so useful. And also, one of the things that's interesting is that GPT has the kids. That's what people are mm. not. I Because I, they are required to go through K through 12. And that's all that matters. That's all that's all that matters. And then so they so so they they have the kids and and with with that being said, and, and in a good way, not not because they, they're giving accessibility information, but also just ex exploration and multimodality. Now I do think Apple here's what I think Apple is likely to do. I think Apple is likely going to take whatever they do have and then mix it with whatever Facebook is putting out. I think they're going to pick up something that Facebook is putting out or some open source thing. I think Brylan's point about talent, I think that is, I think they're going to, I think they're, they have the talent and that talent is going to build, is it, they're going to pick up, I think they're just going to use a lot of the open source technology and build on it. And they probably will come out later and make something as they usually do in a nice seamless way. But I do think that they are like more so where Zuck is in the mind, which is like focused on this mixed reality part. Uh, but, what I, but before, before I segue to mixed reality, I'll just say this. One thing that I think is going to be very important that I don't, this is, and this is an insight that I think people are going to look over, is the personalization of your bot. Now, right now, you talk to, it's, hey, Google. I don't want to say the other one because it'll turn on. It's, it's another one that if I say it, it'll turn on. Like yep. right now, they have given us devices like here's the name, here's the device, and here's the name. I think was I think the there's going to be a big opportunity for the pers for the people that make the most personalized. It's going to um, be meta. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now, bro. It's going to be meta. It's it's, it's going to be meta, and you guys. I can see, see why. Strategy. I can see why. Because I can see that. I can see how. Why? Why, why do I you can think see that? that? I think Meta is setting themselves up by going after interesting voices. Think about the recent bots that they rolled out on Instagram with Kylie and those folks. Mm. I think in the long term, that's going to end up being, being a winning strategy just because you have all these people that like folks already gravitate to them for some fascinating reason. Like similar to what Spotify is able to do on the back end by analyzing like sound in a multitude of different ways. I feel like Meta is going to be able to do something very similar where they're going to be able to say, hey, we generated this custom voice for you. And it's going to be able, it's going to be a voice that uh, people are just going to fall in love with. Right? And you yeah, can get that information based off fly. of... Yeah, they're bro. Generating like, voices on the fly. Or, that's or that's, or that's some, very well possible. If you don't like any of the options the we generate. It's yeah. voices on the fly or it's also, hey... Who would you, who would you like talking to you all day? You want Oprah? Yeah. And That's you just lease Oprah's voice. I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I can see one thing I can see. One thing I do know about Zuckerberg is that my last interview, I was shocked by his technology, that technology with Lex, that, that was, that definitely was like forward. I was like blown away. Can't lie. And he is really focused on personalization and because he was just describing how like some of his own emotions 
come out and how he wants to be, how people want to represent themselves, which reminds me of how people want to represent themselves when they sit outside of the comfort, outside of the comfort of their home. And I think, I think Meta does have an advantage there as far as personation, but at the same time, Apple also has a similar thing too. I, I am. I don't know how it's all going to play out, but I do have this sense that people are going to want to have a sense of ownership over at least one well, bot, and then and like give it and like give it your own name. Maybe give it make an avatar for it or whatever. But I think this concept around basically, and I was talking actually, I was talking to, to I was having a, I was having this conversation with, with GPT earlier in the car, and I was thinking I'm like, it's between it's not human, and you don't want to build like a false sense of connection to a fake and because I can get dangerous there's a, there's a set of challenges there attachments with something that's not like real etc like things like how the movie her hinted at you know so now, so now I think okay it's not necessarily a pet because you're not necessarily well you're not going to want it to be in the pet form so now I started thinking what form would people like these bots to be in do, do they want them right. in what form do they want them to visually being because right now they're very abstract they're yeah, very abstract so, they're not concrete all you got to do is make them concrete and it changes it for people you know what i'm saying actually to be honest disney might actually sweep in and, and do something because you make something and the reason i said the disney thing because the first thing i thought of was that 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 quote if i can't get it right help me out but i believe it's seeing is believing and i think that right now the technology that we have right now with these AI bots outside of the consumer products, most of the possibilities are very, very abstract. But if you start to put a form around it, it turns it into something else, something more concrete. And I think that people are going to want to, it to have its own name. They might want to have many. They might want to have more than one too, you know, but I wonder what form. And, and then I, my, what do y'all think about that? It's because it, it, on one hand, I thought, okay, It'd be cool to have a human form. And I was like, nah, that, that this is an attachment thing. And I, like, I was like, I wouldn't want to talk to my dog about intelligent. I, like, I don't know if I would want it in like a cat form or like, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So what, is there a what's, form? What's wrong with the virtual form? Are you just, your question to me signals that the virtual form isn't sufficient enough. Do you see? No, I, I'm uh, thinking about where it's going. It? There's no problems with it for me. For me, I, I'm thinking about what I'm just thinking about just like, where is where, where I can see it going, you know what I'm saying? Because I because we're going to this place where you have the robotics and you have this these AIs, you have this computer vision. Like you say, you have these drone drones, and these are now these super smart, intelligent robots. And now I'm starting to think about the physical form, but also how does the digital form is there a digital form that will add a layer of uh, that people compete on? Will you buy a shirt for? your bot, you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. Will there be new markets and whatnot created out of the personalization of bots, for example? And what form would it take? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very abstract, but it's, it's nothing wrong. I love it. I'm using, I'm losing, I love the form. I don't need, I don't need the concrete form. At the same time, I do believe that, that seeing, I do believe in the phrase seeing is believing though. And I think that when you see something in a certain form, you could talk to it in a different way. Whereas some people have, some people, for example, they feel like they're talking to a robot. I don't feel like that. Like when I talk to, when, when I, the way I programmed GPT, I programmed it in, uh, with my instructions to be discussion-based and in a brainstorming type of way. So I, when I talk to it, it, I don't really 
feel like I'm talking to a robot. I feel like I'm talking to somebody that has ideas. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, but I wonder from a product standpoint, if you put a, like a form around it, may, like just a, a visual representation of it, would that change the experience of it for the end user and their connection with it? It's actually crazy that we're even talking about this. So for the next month, I'm going super deep on like humanoid robots. So I just wrote my first newsletter <laughs> today on just like okay. the history of it. And the thing that I, I learned about that was like, bro, this shit goes all the way back to the third BC when you had like the ancient Greeks and then you had the folks in China with the Han dynasty, like building, building these type of robots. So like, this isn't anything new. And I feel like it's very innate for humans to envision these type of machines amongst our society, doing everyday things that like humans can do. So I do think, I do think that they are going to exist in that form. And, and I actually recommend going and listen to the Moonshot podcast. I think his name is Peter Domitus or, or, or whatever, but he had a podcast specific episode with Brad Adam. He's the, he's the founder and CEO of Figure. And so Figure, they, they built humanoid robots and it was just so insightful in terms of like how they're thinking about all these small details, such as the weight of the, the humanoid. So they've made it about like 150 pounds the height of the humanoid, like they did research to find out like what is too tall and it starts to intimidate people versus what is too short and it makes, it, yeah. it makes people feel like they're, and so little yeah. things like that. And then- That matters a lot. Also, that matters yeah. a lot. No, because when we went to go see that Tesla robot, I didn't think of this, but I, first, I, was, I was like, I loved it. The, the guy there low key was, yo, this is like a little scary. Like the sales guy, this is a little scary. But I, my girl saw it, mind you, and they have him on the stand too. So it's like towering. So I didn't really like, it didn't really, to her though, it was like, oh no, we're not getting that. We, we ain't yeah. getting that. Don't even think about like So that doesn't, it, yeah. yeah. But I say all this mm. to say where I see, I think the trend that we've seen in terms of like our lives becoming more connected because of the whole internet of things, I think we might be in our infancy of that. Because I think with a lot of the, going back to what we've been talking about in relation to hard tech and deep tech, like there are some very interesting piece of research that like there was this piece of research that came out of Northwestern recently where the guy basically was able to train an AI model basically to evolve from nothing into something in, in a few amount of steps for any type of situation. And, and so imagine you just typing in, hey, this is a situation I'm dealing with, create an AI, like it'll get the design. And I think that's very important because right now robots have been designed for a specific type of terrain, like in a very structured world. But if we're yes. talking about the lives of humans, it's very unstructured, it's very variable. There's a lot of things that can happen. So the yes. fact that this, re I'm telling you, this research is coming where they're gonna be able to generate robots of all types of sizes. Yes, know, exactly, like, exactly. Different, it, like different forms. Exactly. And so the thing that was popping in my head, even when I was using this chat GPT vision, and I wanna play around with voice, is people, Yes, I, 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 I would place a bet that th there's obviously going to be increase in, in terms of like devices and robots in our life. Cool. But does that mean every single device has to have a, a, a distinct personality or is it that people are going to have one AI and that personality just shows up digitally, but also physically? So imagine being able to talk to your home and your home is your AI. But now when you talk to your robot and you're like, undo the dishes, it's the same AI. Yeah. You, 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 what is <laughs> no, that going to look like? Yeah. 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 No, it's it's getting it's getting like that. Like it's getting it's getting real It's here. 
I know. That's what, that's what it's like. It's, I don't know. It's, it's hard to believe. It's, it's some of the stuff is hard to believe. It still feels early to me. Well, it, it, it is early. It is early. It, but it is early. So, so what Brown says here is... It's it's, the tech is here. The tech is here, bro. The tech bro, is they, here. That, hold on, hold on. He was going to put it together. The tech is here, but hold on. At that point, Rodney just said, like, the fact that, like, when people start to pull put stuff together, that means they're pulling most of us into the future that already exists. No, yeah. I get that's what I'm but what I'm just saying I just think the distance between where we are today and that future that you're talking about I just think I, I think it's a little bit further bro, go to the Tesla store I tell you why I tell you why bro look at wait can you hear me yep look at like uh, Boston Dynamics for example bro like bro how long have we been seeing robots do backflips did I serious though and all the stuff that Boston Dynamics for, forever bro we Right, yeah. when we was in high school, we were sharing videos we, about all the incredible was, stuff. We was, we was. So, but Dre, I, I'm not saying that we aren't building there. I'm not saying that. We obviously are building there. But I just want to make it clear to, like, the people listening. I don't think we're talking about technology that people about to be able to go out and buy next year for Christmas. No, no, Here's no. Some no, Christmas. no. Even the, so even the Tesla, even the Tesla, ro- even the Tesla robot, it, there's so much more that needs to be done for the Tesla robot to even be really useful, right? Yeah. Like, we didn't even talk about Dojo and a supercomputer. Yeah, what they're yeah. doing with vision like there's a yeah. bunch of shit like there, there's a yeah. bunch of stuff that tesla got to get right to get the tesla bot to be like useful yeah you, you I, know I, what i'm I, saying i want to speak to a few to... of those things wait go ahead brian yeah okay i agree with you i agree with you to some extent are there things that are in the way i think one of the things that are in the way is obviously like batteries like energy right now a lot of these robots yep. don't Real, have yeah. a lot they require a lot of energy the other thing is yep. too is i think that's going to dictate the, the decision around compute. Is that something that happens on the device or is that something that happens in the cloud? I think the other thing too is this is probably going to require a different, not a different manufacturing process, I don't know, but like manufacturing still needs to be figured out because most of this stuff has been built in a research lab. But when I Bro, think about- so you, you mentioned three monumental challenges. I just want to just highlight that. Those are monumental. Those are not like you see, you, low, you see what they do on challenges. I'm just saying, no, no, no. They're trying to bag me. No, 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 no. I got you. I got you. I got you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got you on this one. Let me me say this. Go ahead. Dre is right in the sense of, yes, you're not going to be able to buy a headset that will put you in a whole different world and and buy Christmas. Like, like, you're not going to, this is not, we're not going to see mass market for a while. And I think if Dre say, if Dre, if that's what you're saying, I'm 100, I would 100% agree with that. The mass market is is going to be for a while. One thing I will say. What's for a while? For me, ten I was ten okay. years. Okay, or more. Okay, ten plus years. See, not more. Not more. Not more. <laughs> Could be more. Not more. Could be more. In the decades? Like no, no, not more. more I mean, I, that's just my take, though. Longer. I could be wrong, though. I could be wrong. Not more, though. Not more than longer. Ten years. Yeah. No. Five ten. Five ten. Five ten. Hmm. Literally, like, and the reason why is because. Yes, I remember seeing the Boston Dynamics stuff when we were younger, and it was, and they got even better now. Like they can go fast; some of them can go as fast as cheetahs, which I don't know why they would do that. Yep. But like people can buy robot dogs right now. You, you could t- yep. you can buy a robot dog right now. It, it, it don't that's crazy to me. That's a lot of people don't know that. It's not mass market, but you, you can buy them. But when I, I saw the Tesla bot, it was one thing when I saw it. I always saw Boston Dynamics, it was always far. And then when I saw the Tesla bar, it, it, it was far. But then when I went to Santa Monica and I went to the Tesla store and I saw the bot right in front of me, I was like, oh, they're trying to let us know 
and get us comfortable now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not, now, it is a matter of we, we, nobody can know the time frame, to be honest. I could be dead ass wrong. It could take much longer than I think it's going to take. But I do think that by putting that bot there, the presence right there in the store on display was a statement. And it was a state, and it, because it's in the middle of a tourist and on the promenade. So, one of the most high traffic areas of Los Angeles. So, it made me think, oh, they want people to come. And by the way, they, they redesigned the whole Nike store to right across the street. So, it almost seemed like they were like, it's future, like you could design, design your own shoe and everything. I'm like, what did they do over here? Like, they must have been talking something like this. It looks futuristic. And bro, so what I'm worked. saying is, it worked. They did that for marketing, bro. They literally did that so that you, yes. people like you, can see that. Yes. Go and talk about it and get excited. But you gotta see it though, bro. So let's not see forget. It. Let's not forget. Tesla's a public. Come company, see. It. Come see. Come on to LA, bro. You, by the way, bro, you know you love LA. You know you I, love I, I LA. Wanna, I want, bro. Trust me, I want to see it, bro. I'm <laughs> bullish on Tesla. I'm bullish on Tesla, bro. Like I'm long, bro. I own Tesla stock. I'm heavily invested in Tesla. You work that Disney, bro. Seeing is believing, bro. I, I promise you. Once you see it, bro. Once you see that. Once you see that junk stand, stand bro. That junk. Cause they put it on. They put it on a stand too. So that junk is about six three. So you saying less? Six, so you saying less than ten years? Five years? Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep it a stack with you. I think so. And yeah. the reason why is I think battery capacity is expanding at a crazy rate right now, especially as like we continue to discover like these new these new materials. I I, I think that's gonna get figured out. I think the other thing too is once again. So you got batteries, then you got the other piece of energy, which is fusion coming. Then you also got like the LLM side of things. I think like people are asleep on that. Like the reason why Atlas probably couldn't, probably hasn't seen like mass development is because think about like the variety of situations that this robot could be put in. All those have to be hard coded. So it's limited to the number of people that one, have that information and two, happen to work for Boston Dynamics. So wait, so I, I want to dig deeper at that point. So how do you yes. overcome that hard-coded challenge? The way, the way you overcome that hard-coded challenge, there's actually a real, some really good research that came out of Meta and their AI lab in Georgia Tech. And I want to say, I want to say a few other research labs have, have done this as well. But what they did was they fine-tuned. One actually used the GPT model and, and a few other were like fine-tuned, but they developed it. Actually, we talked about this with DeepMind. When they were walking, they basically take they, they, they treat the, the command from the person as like a, a typical prompt into one of these large language models. And then from there, they, if it's been fine to give a, a specific action. And that action is correlated with those actions that the user already knows how to do. And so it, it, it ex, it's expanding how they can navigate the scenario. And I think the, the vision API is very important to robots because now when you... Extremely important. <laughs> very very important. And I think Tesla is way ahead of a they lot are. of people in, in terms of real world AI and vision. What I they are so. doing, what they're doing with, with collecting the video feeds from Tesla cars. Yes, is bro. A major, is a major advantage. But, that feeds into what they're doing with their supercomputer. Loki, they hold owe on, us on. money. They owe us money, though. Because if they're using all that data and we've been walking them around the streets, bro, I, we need to check off of that, bro. We we need yeah, we need you sign that over. You sign that over when you sign the dotted line, bro. No, I'm talking about service. just being U.S. citizens, bro. Oh, you talking about regular citizens? Regular. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. Uh, yeah, 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 bro. That's all right. We getting scanned. We lab rats yeah. in this. You know what I'm saying? That's facts. That's yeah, facts. like Tesla owes us a little money. Elon right now he's collecting a lot of wealth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
And again, that's facts. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, um, I, 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 I think this is something. I mean, one last point, and then I, I, I did want to bring up one last thing, but I think that's part of the reason why I'm like, man, I can really see this shit at the end of the, at the end of the, at the end of the decade. I think the timeline can really be pulled forward because of those trends that I mentioned, but specifically what you were talking about, Tesla. You got it once again. All of this is going back to one AI. So each incremental bot that is added to the network is increasing that data flywheel. And mm. I, I, I think that's extremely important because what one robot learns in one situation can now be taught to all the other robots who are in the network. That's the difference. That's oh, yeah. the difference. 100%. And I think that what can speed it up. The hardware has been solved for, to, yeah. to, for the most part. But doesn't that require thing. scale? But doesn't that require scale though to for it to be useful? To to the point you just made, which is one robot, you can learn and it can update and make the whole system better. But isn't the usefulness of that only really can't you only extract the usefulness of that at scale, right? If you're Tesla, that makes a lot of sense, right? Like you got millions of cars out here, right? So you can make a switch and now all self-driving cars can can follow the same rules and they can learn from that mistake. But if you're a young startup that hasn't launched anything, like oh no, you can't. No, oh no, you yeah, can't that compete. doesn't mean anything. No, if you're a young startup, if you, I think you, you need a lot actually, of capital. Hold on. You need a lot hold of on, capital. Hold on, hold on. You need a lot of capital. But I think this is where deep tech understanding deep That's tech investing is very important. So the way a lot of those deep tech companies that are research driven are valued are a little bit different than compared to like your traditional like SaaS tech yeah, tech based yeah. startups. And I think a lot of them are treated similar to what we were talking about, like biotech. It's just get to that next milestone. And that next milestone isn't probably anything like business related, but it's just similar to SpaceX. Can you show us that you can get the rocket off the ground? Cool. Bet. We're going to bump the value. And so I think that's the, if I'm a figure, like go look in the figure, the way they've yeah. went about their journey. Like they're getting, uh, he, he said they're rolling out their first robot next year into factories. Okay. So, so okay. I I ain't gonna lie. I when it comes to robotics, um, probably because of Boston Dynamics, I have have been taken not serious. Um, um, and even when we've talked about it abstractly, you know, I I looked at all the facts. And I'm like, yeah, that's all right. It's just a robotics company. Tesla's a rock. Like I, I understood it, but then I saw the form and it just changes. <laughs> I just saw it. I saw, bro. It's, bro. I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna see it. I'll be. I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna see it. I I like this, Brian. I'm excited to see where your, what your thoughts are after this, this deep dive that you're about to, that you're about to go into robotics. When you come out of this, we should have another conversation about this. And then both of y'all gotta have a conversation with the GPT real quick and let me know how what y'all think about it. Oh, uh, definitely. Because, 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 I I was skeptical. and I, yeah. Hey, so yeah. for the listeners out there, Rodney checked me in our group chat about this. He 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 did it in like the most professional, friendly way. He said, "You're a product guy, right?" I was like, "Oh, this guy." He got whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> wait, so, wait. Let me ask you this question, Brian. Because on the last pot, or maybe two pods ago, you said OpenAI was dead. Do you still believe that after seeing this? Let's talk the product first. Okay, yeah. yeah. We'll talk. Okay, answer that on the next one. We'll believe for the next one. Yeah, because yeah, they're diving really good to the consumer. Like they're drilling in on this consumer. They're drilling. Like they're like running like a million miles per hour. Like yeah. I'm it's, actually it's, shocked by that. 
I didn't. I knew they were going to the consumer, but I didn't necessarily know. I was shocked to what he's dating. What the bro, bro, trust, trust me. We didn't hit on this, and we don't. I want to belabor the point, but trust me, this multimodal thing is very important because similar to like how some people are are text based learners, this adds a whole different. You only can learn certain things about the world through vision, or think about yes. like voice. You yes. like that's a different. That's a different yes. type of convey like information being conveyed. Yes, like. And so the mode of learning, their data capture right now is going berserk, bro. And I would say strategically, that's that that's the only thing that's has me like, okay, there might be a potential chance because they're trying <laughs> to own the data layer. But they I I, I they they have more than a potential chance. Because they're making cause cause look, they're about to gather all this information about um what kids are searching for and what they're trying to describe and they're taking pictures and it, it's they're they're getting a lot of valuable information. Like you said, that multimodal, that I've, and, and I'll put it like this. If somebody else could come out with 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 multimodal all the way around, I'm for I'm I actually I'm not loyal. I'm for the I'm for whatever is like the I'm a, I'm gonna keep it I stack just, with you. Go ahead. Go ahead. You pulling something up? No, nah, I was I well, y'all already know my opinion on this. It's Apple, bro. Yeah, I think it. I think Apple and Google, bro. Like, I think Gemini. I you, think you, you don't it, think Meta? You don't think Meta is is gonna? Meta has a, a opportunity because of their scale, the, their scale, their scale. But once again, I think Meta is gonna have to compete differently. And I think if it, I'm actually very curious, I think I'm I'm very curious specifically about how spatial computing becomes the next platform. If there, if they, if that is a big enough market and starts to cannibalize, think like laptops or even tablets, because right now we only have so many it's hours good. in a day. Like something is going to have to give. Man, that that could be very interesting. But I think I don't know. I just don't. I don't know if I fully see our yeah. our computing platforms changing. And so that's why I'm placing my bet with the providers. I, I think the person who owns this. <laughs> I see. I can see that. I, I can see that. I agree with that. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Cause right now, cause that's that's what uh Jeff was trying to do. He's trying cause he he needed some type of device, and yeah. and the and the Echo is uh, is a good one, and Alexa is is a good one. But I I think there's a room if they if OpenAI comes out with something and they can m let you name it, cause right now like Apple's iPhone, right, and it's, it's like an ego like people used to say it's kind of egotistical I iPhone, but it stands for internet, but iPhone. It, people back in the day used to think iPhone is it like a almost like an ego thing, but it's really just internet. So let, let, if, I, want, I, want, if, I want to ask this, Rodney, because you you hit yeah. on a good point. And so my question is: so actually, did y'all see the three announcements? I think it was last week. So rewind. They announced like their pendant that was going on uh, pre order, and basically it was just yeah. going to be like in a device you can wear around your neck. Then there was Tab, very similar, and then Humane with their thing on 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 the shirt that you could place. I've been thinking about with the device too. I'm not gonna lie. I just don't know. I I've been, I just don't know. So, <laughs> I've been thinking about the device too. Those those, those are devices that they're making those to be like always to always be on, regardless of the situation. So obviously there's privacy concerns, but the the thing I'm interested in is, do you think OpenAI potentially may consider acquiring one of them from like a potential kind of like talent or get ahead? of the curve kind of perspective acquiring the, uh, to get into the hardware it. space because that's a different that's a different type of a different type of hardware 
it'd be a different waste of money, bro. You, all mm, all the companies too. you mentioned have built nothing. Like, literally yeah. nothing. They have nothing. They yeah. literally, and I'm not just down yeah, yeah, yeah. it, but literally, all they've done is an announcement and a pre-launch of a product. Like, they, yeah. they, have, they have reached no critical scale. They have no idea the hardware, like the manufacturing complexities that go into manufacturing a hardware device. They've, they haven't done it yet. I, I don't think OpenAI acquiring them right now would make any sense at all. Because I don't think there's much of an advantage there. Like, uh, however, if let's say Humane, for example, they do go to market and get millions of devices out there, then I think that changes the conversation. But as far as I know, Rewind or Humane have not shipped a product yet. No, they I, haven't. I can't remember the other They've way. taken pre-order sales, but we all but, know that's to see that's if nothing. demand is there. <laughs> yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. Any one of us can launch a website and do this. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I ain't so, even gonna lie with this chat GPT. I might take a picture and come up with a different name and, and give me the exactly. <laughs> and it will work. And it will work. I, that truck be working, man. I, that, oh, the code bro. be running, man. I be. That, I'm. I, I. I was telling my 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 girlfriend this, and I wish I could scream this at the top of my lungs. This is the easiest time to build software in in, in, in the world. Apple like, it, bro. Like Facts. it's like it's the easiest time ever. If we. If I. Oh my. Like I know. I know. There are forty year there's forty, fifty, sixty, seven year old engineers saying, Yeah, y'all got it now. But I wish we had that like in high school. Man. I would have brought this shit. I would have brought this shit to you, Ronnie. I don't like, yo, we gotta do something with this. Easy. It would have been easy. <laughs> like, we would have spun you, up bro. the app and it it, it, it would took us it would have took us a few a week to spin up the app. Literally. Oh. A week. Oh my god. No, bro. Ronnie is not capping, bro. If you're a high school student or even a college student and you got time. Yeah, just play around with this shit. Secure, secure the back, bro. Because this is the easiest time. Easiest time. You don't I even need to be that. venture backed. You don't even need to be venture no, 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 backed. No, you don't, bro. You no. can literally just make an app. You can make an app nope. and then put a paywall and charge. It's easier than ever to add. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's bro, easier than ever. I, I took a picture of the rewind landing page and said recreate. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, it's literally. This is wild. To the, like Dre just said, to anybody that's listening, if you're younger or you have younger sisters or brothers or anybody that's interested in robotics or technology at all, these are things that they definitely want to just play around with because there are people that are making $30,000 a month businesses off simple stuff, $60,000 a month, $100,000 a month, no venture capital at all. These are just side projects. Now, mind you, Granted, not sometimes things don't always have longevity, but that's still fine. That's still fine. It doesn't have to be your last product. You can still build other products. I've seen people with three, four products. Some of them making 20,000, 10,000. But the point is that it is the easiest time to do it. And if you can, and if you have, and if, you, and if you're, especially if you're younger and a part of certain communities, like, like as a kid, I was a part of the gamer community. If you're a part, if you are a part of like certain communities, and you build for your community. That's what I did. That was my cheat code. I made a bot for gamers for the gamer community. And it just so happened that it worked. Now, mind you, today, that's that would have took that same bot would have took me one hour to make. <laughs> like it would have took me one hour to make that. So I'm just saying, and, and don't limit yourself. It might get big, but my point is you don't need a lot of initial money. A lot of these tools are free and some of them are cheap too. You know what I'm saying? And they're definitely cheaper than your college textbooks if you're in college. So, you I'm know. A, I'm going to keep it a stack. I think if, if I was, at least this is how I'm thinking about it, bro. Everybody got that voice in and voice in their head. They call their gut. And yes. you can give your gut an upgrade by quickly tapping in 
to something that can see, listen, mm. read, and speak back to you. Fact. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And man, you better. And you could tell movie. it how to talk to you. You could tell <laughs> it how to talk to you. You could give it. The, you could give it information about you. That's the thing. It's it's general use. Use it how you want to. Now, mind you, I'll give you. I'll give you all a little. This won't last for long, but because yeah. the new features. Right now, they're not, you can do anything with them. They, they're not filtered. This, you know how initially there needed to be jailbreaks? Yeah. They'll, they'll say, oh, you can't do that. And you just like, oh, yeah, you can. And then they'll do it. So there's still alternative use cases just for people to, that know that they won't be around forever. And there might be opportunities there. And they, oh, yeah. and they might, there might be some yeah, opportunities I know what you said. Yeah. Yeah. There's some exploits in the system. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> take advantage. Take advantage. Yeah. yeah. That's the best well, way, you can't. The they will pass it, it out. So, as soon as they, yeah. they, they will pass that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to say it for sure. For sure. <laughs> we, yeah. y'all want to wrap it up? Yeah. Let's wrap it up, guys. Yeah. Good man. one. All right, y'all. Catch y'all on the next one. All right, bro.